This is Julie D, and you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk Podcast Network, brought to you by NordoniaHills.News, recorded in the Gary Miller Studio. Cleveland Sports Podcast starts now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the another episode of the Cleveland Sports Show. We have a ton to discuss today. Uh, first, we have to get into the conclusion of the Nordonia Knights football season, uh, which concluded a few weeks ago. November 2nd uh, on the Friday. Uh, Their first playoff game unfortunately ended in a loss to the Riverside Beavers um, by a score of 43 to 38. The Knights were scored, uh, were outscored um, in both quarters of the second half. Um, In the third quarter, they were outscored by four and then by one in the fourth quarter. Um, And we're actually up 21 to seven at halftime. However, like I said, the Painesville Rivers were uh Painesville Riverside Beavers were able to mount the comeback and um and uh defeat the Nordonia Knights uh by five points. Uh so this uh loss therefore concludes the therefore concludes the season for the Nordonia Knights football. Uh they will be back next fall. Um but uh, certainly a huge, huge improvement over um, last year, where they were, were only two and eight, now they were nine and one uh, this regular season, and their own that one loss was to the undefeated Rothworth Grizzlies. So much um, improvement over the these uh, this year, and hopefully much more improvement to come um, for more progression from Nordonia Knights football. So definitely a wonderful step in the right direction for the Nordonia Knights. And we're going to move on to professional sports now. And when I talk about professional sports, I'm going to talk about some soccer here. First, we're going to get into the English Premier League all the way out in England. Um, the top three teams, we have um, Liverpool at the first seed with 30 points. Um, we have Manchester City with 29 points in second place. And then third is Chelsea with 28 points. Um, fourth, uh, Tottenham Hotspur with 27 points. And all four of those teams have a point differential of one point. Uh, so for example, uh, the point differential between the first and second seed is a one point. And then Chelsea and Tottenham Hotspur only have a, um, point differential of one point as well. Uh, so we'll definitely be, um, keep an eye on, uh, the Premier League standings. Games going on almost every day. It's a lot of fun to watch, especially with all of these top-notch clubs going at it um, every weekend for us to see. Extremely excited for that. Make sure to keep an eye on uh, Premier League. But we have the much more important uh, soccer topic to talk about as of now, and it's the MLS Cup playoffs. Um, the knockout round concluded um, with Sporting Kansas City and Real Salt Lake facing in one of the two Western Conference matchups. Uh, the other Western Conference matchup is the Seattle Sounders and the Portland Timbers. And in the Eastern Conference, the New York Red Bulls are taking on our hometown team, the Columbus Crew. And Atlanta United and New York City are facing off um, the two and three seed battle. So as of now, it is on, um, in the conference championships. The Portland Timbers are the only team to have advanced to this uh, specific round. They defeated the Seattle Sounders um, on penalty kicks 4-2. Um, to two. And uh, in the other Western Conference matchup between Sporting Kansas City and Real Salt Lake, uh, the second, uh, the leg two of this match will be today 
at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, the last leg was a draw 1-1. to So whoever wins this game essentially moves on to the next round to face the Portland Timbers. And the leg one of that game will be November 25th on a Sunday. Going back to the Eastern Conference with the Columbus crew, the um, crew lead the first leg by by winning that game one to nothing, and leg two will be today at seven thirty. So the, if the Columbus crew are able to win this game, they will move on to the Eastern Finals of the MLS, and they will take on either Atlanta United or New York City. And Atlanta United lead the first leg one to nothing, and uh, will face New York City today at five thirty. So definitely so much going on in MLS soccer. Stay tuned for that. Um, like I said, the final will be um, on December 8th. We have all of these, um, one, uh, one of the, the top teams. Um, and, uh, you know, as we, in the previous podcast, these were the top teams that, you know, I was always listing off every week. Uh, so stay tuned for what's going on over there uh, in the MLS. Some great soccer going on. And... Now is the time that we get into the NBA talk, and so much NBA news has aroused in these last these last few days, especially with the trades of Jimmy Butler and the continuous turmoil from the Cavaliers. And that's what I'm actually going to get into now, just how you know horrible the Cavaliers have continued to be throughout uh, these this week. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Uh, remember that one podcast where Brady and I were just taking the Cavs apart and di- just dissecting how just horrendous and humiliating they- they've been through the season. Guess how many games they've won from that point to now? They've won a mediocre one game, so that gives them only one win on the season with eleven losses, and they'll now. Uh, this week they will be taking on the Hornets at home and then will head to Washington, D.C. to face the Wizards on the second night of a back-to-back. And um, after that game, they will face the uh, Detroit Pistons uh, the following Monday. And then probably the biggest game of the season for the Cavaliers when LeBron returns home on November 21st. I'm actually going to that game. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'll, I will tell you all about it. Um, when LeBron James and the Showtime Lakers come in to um, Cleveland to take on uh, his hometown team, the Cavaliers. Very, very excited and anticipating a great matchup. But we're not going to get into that right now because I have uh, that's not for a couple of weeks. And I have just so much more to talk about the Cavs and just the um, putrid effort they've been giving so far. Now, I have recovered from that one week where I was just diminishing everything um, about the Cavs. And I actually was able to... I found two players, again, who who stood out again, uh, especially this past week. And the first one is Tristan Thompson, um, who didn't have a great showing on Wednesday against the Thunder with only 10 points. But um, on November 5th in Orlando against the Magic and then last night against the Bulls, he put up um, 19 points in Orlando um, with one block, four assists, and 16 rebounds. And he shot 9 for 12 from the field, uh, all in 34 minutes. And then he played 34 minutes again last night 
and he put up 22 points with 12 rebounds, one assist, two steals, and he shot uh, 10 for 14 from the field. So what the, gra the great news about this is that Tristan Thompson's taking his shots and is able to hit them because, you know, he's miss based on the fact that he's hit 9 of 12 and 10 for 14 in those two specific games I mentioned. It shows you that he's not going to, he doesn't need a lot of room for error to get his shot going. And that's why he's been set, that's why he's always been considered such a beast on the board. But he's going to have to consistently prove that. And I can't, and I talk about how one of the huge issues for this Cavalier team is consistency. They don't have consistent scoring, which is why they're 1 and 11. They don't have consistent offense that teams like the Thunder, the Warriors, they don't have consistent offense that they can run time and time again. Now, we I just discussed uh, Tristan Thompson. I'm going to talk about Colin Sexton. Um, I think he is the other player that really stood out, especially the last two games where the Cavs faced the Thunder at home, and then they played the Bulls in Chicago. Um, Colin Sexton played um, a very surprising long 42 minutes in the game against the Thunder and scored 15 points. He shot 50% from the field, 50% uh, from three-point range. He had two rebounds, one assist, zero steals, um, but then he had uh, one block to make up for um, those steal for getting those steals. And then last night he was on fire in Chicago, the Windy City, where he put up 34 in 34 minutes. He put up 20 points. Again, shot 50% from the field. Um, he shot two for three from three-point range. Um, he had four rebounds and three assists. And similar to Tristan Thompson, the big thing I take away from this is the little room for error that Colin Sexton needs um, with his three-point shot. Yes, you could say, oh, he only put up two three-point attempts or only three three-point attempts, but he made one of those two attempts, and then he made two of those three attempts. So, yes, although he hasn't been shooting the three a lot, when he needs to shoot a th the three, he's been effective. And that's really what matters, especially during the course of an 82 season. We, you need guards who can make their perimeter shots. However, similar to Tristan Thompson, the problem is consistency. The Cavaliers need Colin Sexton to be consistent and to be able to um, put up points, you know, night after night. And you, you can't have one five-point night and then just all of a sudden explode for a 20-point night. It has to be consistent. Um, I cannot express that enough with this Cavalier team. Um, as I said before, uh, the upcoming schedule for the Cavs is a back-to-back -back this week, where Tuesday they'll be facing the Charlotte Hornets at home, and then um, that following Wednesday we'll head to Washington, D.C. to face the Wizards, who are also mightily struggling as well with the second-worst record in the NBA. And so that matchup will for sure be a battle for pride um, between the two teams. Now let's talk... Uh, let's move to the other side of the country. Let's talk about LeBron and how the Lakers have been looking. They've won four um, of their last five games. They are 6-6 six and six at 500 basketball. Um, a lot of those worries that we had about them are slowly fading away now, um, given the fact that they're 6-6. Six and six. They look much calmer now playing, um, playing on the court with one another. And um, they're... 
15-point victory last night against the Sacramento Kings was really um, a statement win, given the fact that um, they dominated most of the game. And yes, you could say it, it's against the Kings, but it, you know it's still dominant, dominant win. And they also were able to defeat the Timberwolves um, by four points uh, this past Wednesday. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to what the Lakers are going to have to bring. Uh, their next few games, they have a two-game homestand against Atlanta and Portland. I think for sure that Atlanta will be an easy win, given the fact that Atlanta doesn't have the talent and the um, and the quality of players that Los Angeles has. And then the Trailblazers and Lakers, that's going to be a much more competitive game, um, given the fact that in the last two games um, between the Lakers and the Trailblazers this season, the Trailblazers have really given the Lakers a run for their money and actually... Um, defeated the Lakers in their opening game on opening night back in uh, October. So I'm for sure I'm definitely looking forward to see what Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum um, will bring to the table against LeBron and the Lakers. Um so for sure I definitely see progress within the Lakers so far. We'll see how their next few games pan out. Um from what I've seen in their schedule, it, there's really nothing that looks um too terribly difficult for them. It's not like they're playing the Warriors or anyone um, yet, but I'm definitely seeing much more positive signs in the Lakers than I did, say, three weeks ago, and LeBron James himself has been, um, having another, uh, spectacular season, he's averaged about 35 minutes, he's averaged, uh, 26 points, um, he's been shooting 50% from the field, his three-point progress has, um, decreased a little bit, however, um, it's not been as great with, he's only been shooting 31% from three-point range, However, he has been um, averaging 8 rebounds and 8 assists, along with 2 steals um, per game. So that will make that makes up for his um, incredibly low 3-point percentage, honestly. 31%, um, that's what I question about LeBron James and what he brings to the table for this Laker team, because we already know that they don't have a lot of shooting prowess. And given that LeBron, their best player, is only shooting 31%. I'm not, you know, I'm not asking him to be the best shooter on the team or anything, but if the Lakers want to have a chance to be able to compete, especially later on in the Western Conference, then they're going to be, need to be able to have more consistency, um, from the perimeter. And I think LeBron James really needs to be, um, one of the key factors in establishing that. And now, um, moving on from the Lakers, we have a huge trade that occurred yesterday um, afternoon uh, between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Minnesota Timberwolves um, traded Jimmy Butler for Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and a 2022 um, draft pick. Um, now we could always we could always think about who won this trade, who lost this trade. I'll be 100% honest with you, as much as I think Philly won this trade, you could also look back um, to Minnesota and see now that they have Robert Covington, um, now that they have Dario Saric, along with Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and Derrick Rose, who's least to say has um, had a great season so far, especially with that 50-point game um, he had a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Timberwolves still, I think, can cause some damage and make some noise in the Western Conference. Um, and their chemistry issues will not be as severe as they were when Butler was there. 
because we all know the drama that uh, was occurring almost every day with him and the Timberwolves. Um, so that, that's going to be one positive that Minnesota will have. Um, they won't be suffering with those chemistry issues anymore. And the Philadelphia 76ers now have one more elite guard at their side. They already have Ben Simmons. They already have J.J. Redick. Now with Jimmy Butler, you know, along with Joel Embiid, I think this team really has a chance to um, compete with both the Celtics and the Raptors in the East. I'm not going to, I mean, because I'm, I'm not going to uh, give them a ton of credit as of now. I have to see how they play first because we never know how this could work. I mean, look at the Houston Rockets this year. We're going to get to them in a bit here too. But, you know, on paper, they really look like a team who can, um, who can compete with um, almost anyone in the league. Um, one problem I do see for happening, though, for the 76ers is the roster spot because Ben Simmons is associated with the point guard position. Then we have J.J. Redick um, is the starting shooting guard. So I'm wondering, is J.J. Redick going to have to come off the bench? Because um, I don't think Jimmy Butler himself is going to be coming off the bench. That really would not make much sense. So what's most likely going to happen is J.J. Redick's going to have to come off the bench or Butler will have to play some kind of forward position, given the fact that the Sixers did lose um, a quality player in Robert Covington and um, another bench player in Dario Saric at their disposal. So yeah, for sure, I, d I definitely think that the Sixers, um, really after, especially after the unproductive offseason that they had, really not um, improving very much, in fact, maybe getting a little bit worse, um, this really rejuvenates probably um, the Sixers' spirit and especially the fact that they were not playing up to par uh, with the standards that many people had for them for this upcoming season. Now, given the fact that they have um, Jimmy Butler, who's averaged 36 minutes, 21 points, um, he's shooting 47% from the field and 30, um, 38% from three-point range. Um, this is someone who also has averages four assists and five rebounds. I think this definitely is going to be a huge boost for Philadelphia, um, given, again, given the fact that they have stars in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons as well. Now, speaking of the Eastern Conference, we're going to get to the Boston Celtics. And as disappointed as I am with the Cavaliers and just how um, just you humiliating and embarrassing they've been so far this season um and I really am a little I'm, I'm very concerned with not a little I'm very concerned with how the Boston Celtics have been playing as of late they played the Phoenix Suns this past Thursday and were just getting destroyed they were outscored uh, 13 to 32 in the first quarter and actually had to come back and miraculously they came back from 22 points and won the game in overtime by seven points. Now, yes, a win is a win, you could say, but this is the Phoenix Suns who are um, currently two and nine. I mean, these are one of the worst. The Phoenix Suns are one of the worst teams in basketball, and a team with the caliber of the Boston Celtics have to win those games convincingly. They can't force those games to go into overtime. You know, they can't, you know, rely on Kyrie Irving's thirty-nine points to um for him to save the day this really should have been a game where Kyrie Irving didn't play and they the Celtics should have still won handedly that's I think how bad the Suns are 
um, compared to the Boston Celtics. And the fact that they needed an overtime um, with thirty nine with a thirty nine point explosion by Kyrie Irving, um, it really does concern me the fact um, that they had to really compete to win that game. And then they followed that up with an uh, with a loss to the um, Utah Jazz. Uh, they lost one fifteen to one twenty three. Again, the Celtics were down 20, and then in the fourth quarter, cut the lead to f- uh, four, four separate times, and still um, we're just not able to get it done defensively, which leads them now to a 7-5 and five record overall. They face the Portland Trailblazers tonight, and I will be um, 100% honest with you. The scheme that the Boston Celtics are using, which is go down, in, especially in these last two games, which has been go down, you know, by a significant amount early and then claw your way back in the fourth quarter and then make it a game um, towards the final minutes of the actual match. That's really not how you play basketball. And I don't understand, you know, we always talk about how the Celtics are, you know, the number one defensive ranked team in the league. The No one can stop them when they, um, on, uh, no one can stop them on offensively um, or defensively. But the fact that on Friday against Utah, they cut the lead to four, four separate times, and you're telling me that each of those four times, they couldn't get one stop and one score. I mean, these are the, these are the, this is the team that we expect to get to the finals against most likely the Warriors. And the fact that, you know, they can't get those stops that they crucially need, which eventually led to them losing by eight. Um, it's a huge sign for concern, and um, you know Kyrie Irving obviously is frustrated as well, um, given the fact that after the Celtics lost to the Nuggets, uh, he threw the ball in the crowd, uh, therefore receiving a $25,000 fine. Um, we're not going to get into that, but anyway, um, you know the Celtics really do need to wake up here, especially with this Jimmy Butler trade making the East more competitive than it already is. And then, of course, we always have to add in the Milwaukee Bucks and what they bring to the table with Giannis Antetokounmpo and, you know, the rising stars of Milwaukee. And Gordon Gordon Hayward, I'll be very honest with you, yes, he came off an injury, but I'm still disappointed in how he's been playing. He's only averaged 10 points. I was honestly expecting probably about 15, 20 points, especially, you know, he had a whole off season to get better and recover. Um, and, you know, I'm not... I'm not going to, you know, rip rip everything out, but um, I, I I did I will be honest. I did expect a little more from Gordon Hayward um, when during when this upcoming season came about. Maybe not for the first few games, but you know now the fact that we're 12 games in and he's still um, you know only averaging about 10 points a game uh, again that's a little concerning as well to me. And like I said, the Toronto Raptors are the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. They are 12 and 1. Um, no one is, you know, has, it seems no one has an answer for them, uh, right now. And they really are the beasts of the East. And I think the Celtics really need to understand that and get back to their winning ways, um, if they want to prove to everyone why they are a finals contending team. And, from the Eastern Conference, we're going to move back over to the Western Conference with the Houston Rockets, who, I'll be, who have been just absolutely appalling 
uh, to start the season f- so far. I mean, they are worse than the New Orleans Pelicans right now. It's just it's a very very um, frustrating topic to talk about because they have so much star power and they are four and seven. But that just goes to show you that just because you have you know a numerous amount of more than two all-stars on your team that doesn't mean that you know you're just going to win every game uh like the warriors have because the warriors have been able to um mesh their stars extremely well and again play in a system the golden state warriors have a system in which they run every time which can which uh, requires both offense and defense the Houston Rockets, A, have no system, and B, they only rely on offense. They re- don't rely on defense at all. Um, they are 0-4 at home. They have not won a home game yet. All um, all four of their wins have been on the road. And last, uh, last year, they only lost seven games at home. They were 34-7 and that year. They went 65-17. and They were 34 34- and seven at home and the fact that they already have four losses um, it's showing me that they're not going to emulate their phenomenal seasons they had last year that's for sure but it shows me that when it comes to home court advantage that there's really that's really not the case with the Houston Rockets here and you know Carmelo Anthony I really think I thought that he and Chris Paul were able to given that given the friendship that they have um i thought the chemistry really was going to work i really was giving out a lot of hope um for the houston rockets to like i said emulate the season they had last year but um carmelo anthony has only uh, if we look at his stats here he's only been averaging 13 points um he's shooting 32 33% from three point range and 33% for a Houston Rocket, um, whose overall goal is to shoot the three-pointer, and that's their main style of offense uh, for the Houston Rockets. He's only shooting 40% from the field. Uh, it re- and it really, you might be asking, well, how does that really affect the team? It really is bringing the team down. I mean, James Harden is still putting up his numbers. Um, he should, he's averaging tw- He's averaging about 24 points. Um, that is a little less than his MVP season, but um, but he's still really he's still um, demonstrating his stats once again. And then Chris Paul, who really is the emotional leader of the team, um, hasn't been playing his best basketball for sure. Um, these last three games um, in Indiana, at Oklahoma City, and at San Antonio, he's only scored nine, ten, and thirteen points. And we know that Chris Paul is a very gifted offensive player. Um, and he really showcased his talents last year with the Houston Rockets. So I for sure expect more from him as the season progresses. But And I think the Rockets will make the playoffs. But what I am worried about is just what seed they will finish in. Because we, we know how competitive the West is, especially last year. Where if you lost a game last year, you could fall down um, a few spots. And if the Rockets keep this up, uh, they will most likely find find themselves in a very, very low playoff seed, maybe not even making the playoffs at all. But given the fact that they have the talent and the heart 
of both James Harden and Chris Paul, I think that they will be able to make it through. But I don't think that they will have the success and the um and the victorious sensations that they had last year. And actually Stephen A. Smith of ESPN talked about it a few days ago. Um he's talking he talked about how the Rockets are playing like they essentially have given up um that their loss to the Warriors last year was really their only chance to win a championship and now that they've lost that series they're really playing like they're walking with their heads down um with just no confidence no velour um no sign of really grit or determination and it's really it really is frustrating to see that especially that James the fact that James Harden is the reigning MVP and you know Chris Paul is doing everything that he can um but I think you know Carmelo Anthony really does compromise them defensively and for the Rockets uh their next few games uh will be um today they will face the Indiana Pacers at home and then they head off to Denver to take on the the Red Hot Nuggets and then this upcoming Thursday is a huge game for Houston where the Golden State Warriors will come to town, which will be a Western Conference final rematch. I'll be honest with you, I think the Warriors, it's going to be an easy win for them, uh, given just how dominant they've been um, this season, apart from that terrible loss to Mil the Milwaukee Bucks. But in the end, I really don't think that's going to matter to them, um, given the fact that they have their eyes set on a three-peat. But, uh, but yeah, back to the Rockets. Um I really don't expect, I don't really see how you can expect to be the best in the West, have a record of 4-7, and seven, and just not play any defense at all. Um, if you have any, have any comments about anything I've said today or as, about the Houston Rockets and how they've been doing, just let me know on my Twitter page, at Nordonia Sports, Darius Sethna, because I'm really as you know clueless as you are as to how this stacked Rockets team with Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, and James Harden why they're not, you know, living uh, or playing up to par uh, with how they, um, with what was expected of them. And last but certainly not least, uh, the Cleveland Browns um, are currently facing the Atlanta Falcons right now um, in downtown Cleveland. Uh, the Browns came off a 14-point um, loss to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, last Sunday, and will hope to um, regain control. Um, of their home field uh, this afternoon against Atlanta, and after this game, they will the Browns will head back out for a two-game road trip, uh, first against their Ohio rivals, the Cincinnati Bengals, and then we'll head to Texas to face the Houston Texans. And a very interesting stat I found on both uh, the Browns' opponents for these next two weeks. First for the Bengals, is that uh, they're second in the AFC North behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they also do not have, they have not lost at home yet. They are 3-1-0 uh, and at home. And then similar for the Houston Texans, they are first in the AFC South. Um, and they have, they've won, they've won six straight and they are 3-1-0 at home. So the Browns are really going to have to keep a focused mindset um, in it because given the fact that they are in an environment in which Neither of the the opponents in which they are facing haven't lost on their home field. Um, 
if the Browns are going if the Browns are going to want to be successful, um, they must have a focused mindset. And but I think that they will most likely lose these games, given the fact that they're still a developing team, and the Bengals and the Texans are already have already established themselves as you know the top teams in their specific divisions. And a fan named Gino, uh, again, uh, thank you very much uh, for your question, Gino, about Colin Sexton and uh, his progression with the Cavs. Um, I'll be very honest with you, he is a rookie. I'm not expecting him to put up, you know, Steph Curry-like numbers. It's all a process, and the Cavs have clearly shown that this year is a process year for them. They're 1-11, so I don't think they're looking for a championship anytime soon, which really helps Collins that gives time for Colin Sexton to really develop himself as a shooter. And these last two games, he's really, he's he's been proving himself a lot with the 15 points and the 20 points um, that he's had. And like I, I was talking about his three-point range, that when he shoots it, um, uh, when he does shoot it, it does go in. And it, it goes in when it counts the most. Um, so he was two for three, uh, one for two. So He's for sure not a bust. He's still a, he's a rookie. He's going to have to have a lot more improvement. Um, you know, when Steph Curry didn't have uh, the shooting prowess he did now when he was a rookie, we really didn't consider him a bust um, because, you know, look at him now. He's one of the best players in the NBA. Um, so I think it's all about time for Colin Sexton. What can he do in the offseason? What can he do in this season? Because the Cavaliers don't have a lot of pressure uh, on themselves to do well, given the fact that they lost LeBron. Um, as disappointing as it has been, um, that is the truth. And I think Colin Sexton, it really is more about progress and not perfection at this point. So again, thank you very much, Gino, for um, that question. Any other fans uh, have any questions, um, such as Gino or anyone else, please uh, let me know on Twitter, um, at Nordonia Sports. Uh, I am Darius Sethna. And that concludes our show for today. Um, Brady should be back this upcoming weekend, so we're going to hear a lot more from him in, tr- in the football world, and we'll also debate um, some other NBA topics, and we'll keep you up to date with all the MLS news and Premier League um, standings. Thank you guys very much again for your time. Um, this concludes our show, and have an awesome week. Thank you very much, and go Cavs.